time for the end of conversation podcast with funny man Damian Lemon and the voice of your choice, Ali Muhammad. Yeah, this is Damian Lemon. This is Ali Muhammad. And this is In the Conversation, the podcast. We back again in the build on. Y'all saw. Uh, yeah, 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 man. How you doing? What's going on with you? I'm doing pretty good out here, man. You know, dip dodging this COVID, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that shit is yeah. still a threat out these out this piece. That shit about to go into overtime, it looked like. COVID two coming. Well, yeah. man, they yeah, got, man. You know what I'm saying? They got the, you know, the relief supposed to be here. They 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 did the first vaccines today. On a black woman, I saw I saw the uproar. <laughs> I saw the uproar. I saw, I saw the motherfuckers, the conspiracy theories take it off. Like, mm, this is very interesting, huh? They got to let y'all know that it's cool. Y'all the main ones anti right. you know. Right, right, right. So they got to put it out there and let you know it's cool. See, one of yours made it, actually. Mm-hmm. It was designed by a woman of color, and the first person to take it was a woman mm-hmm. of color. How about that, that, blacks? Shit. You ready? Look at that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the lady of the lady of soul awards presented by the COVID vaccine. It's like, nigga, all right, <laughs> we got it, we got it. Nah, I'm gonna wait it out still. No doubt. Oh shit, yeah, man. Which you know, yeah, I hear you still dodging the COVID myself. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not mixing and mingling as much as I would want to. But, um, oh, as much as you would want to. So what does that look like the, now? It don't. It still look the same. It's still really grocery <laughs> store and okay. walks in the in the neighborhood. I just take a good walk. I've been on my walk shit for a minute, like Heard. you know, throughout this whole shit. Yeah, like a like a senior citizen, a good power walk. Not a power walk. Not super. Not with the the raised arms and shit. But I'm just. Walking longer than necessary. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, I'm trying to get these steps off, you know, go look at the app, see what kind of steps I got. You know, the goal is 10,000 a day, but I don't be hitting that. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. uh, if I get a couple, yeah, that's what they, I forget where they say that at or where that's been, you know, that's like, uh, I guess like the suggested uh, for optimum health or for, mm-hmm. you know, for good health, 10,000 10, steps a day, it gets you right there. Mm-hmm. I don't get there. I get probably about six, six uh, thousand, maybe on a good one, maybe seven every so often. So every so often, I might catch catch the double digits, but that shit don't happen that often. I try to get at least like two miles in a day. You know what I'm saying? Try to do, you know, just say fuck it. Let me go twenty blocks this way and mm-hmm. twenty blocks back. So that's two miles. You know, but uh, sometimes I say, "All right, fuck it. Let me go a little further. Let me let me venture off. Let me, you know. Oh shit! Look how far I got. You know, and then <laughs> and then kind of worry, can I make it back? You know what I'm saying? But uh, <laughs> it's been working out. So that's you ain't break out your bike yet. No, I, I never copped the bike. I oh, never copped okay. the bike. Okay, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I never copped the bike. Nah, because remember the whole thing was I didn't really want to cop a bike online, just for the fact that. You know, I wanted to sit on the bike, see what was what. Then also, some of these bikes, you got to kind of, you got to have to assemble them yourself and all of that shit. So I said, nah, I'm all right. So, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe some, maybe some, uh, maybe in the next season, maybe when it get a little warm, I might, I might bike it out. We'll see. Word. 
I'm, yeah, man. But you know, that's about the. Yeah, that's about the as much mixing and mingling as I've been doing. To be totally honest with you, I ain't really too too much. I'm really I'm not on any scenes. I do a drive. Right. You know what I'm saying? I drive around, see what's in the world. But uh, anything, it. anything interesting happened on any of your walks lately? You know, you discover mm. something new or see something that you never saw before. Uh, I discovered something new. It's not the most interesting thing, but you know, it's so funny. Like where I live, there's a big ass park, right? Mm-hmm. And then when you driving further north, what I thought was a whole nother park is actually part of the big ass park. Mm. And I peeped that there's like a little passageway to go from where I'm at through that park and get to way yonder. Oh, wow. So I just peeped that. I just peeped that this weekend. Like, I was like, oh, shit. Like, I looked at the, you know, because I'm walking and I'm like, okay, typically when I'm driving, I see, okay, this is that park that I'm driving by. I look at the sign. I say, oh, shit, that's the same park over here. So I said, wait a minute. So I figured, like, on the way back, let me cut through there and see if I could kind of find my way. And mm-hmm. sure enough, when I cut through there, it was a lot closer than I was how I how I seen it. Just how the, I guess, how the terrain is des- designed, you know, like the park kind of descends behind a bunch of buildings. So, like, if you coming from it on another side... You see a bunch of buildings and no park, so that's why it kind of looks like it's disconnected, but it's not. It's just in the background. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, so that was cool. And that was actually, that was actually like one of my newer walks. Because typically I go, I got like, you know, the little standard walk. I was like, let me try something different. Right. And that's where I discovered. So, yeah, so I'll give done, you that. Then discovered yeah. the cut through. The cut through, which is always a good thing. I ain't really discover a good cut through since I was a kid. You know, the, the shortcut was the shit. You know what I'm saying? As, nigga, a, as a youngster. Nigga yeah. would wear a path in some grass. Do a, yeah, man. Make a whole nother lane. That shit was the move. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, yeah, walks yeah. walks are interesting because, you know, you could pick, you could either pick something up from what you're seeing or you can discover something within your own self as you're doing it. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Um, so, you know, bike rides, walks, shit like that when you're out in the world, especially surrounded by nature and shit, you right. know, you you get thoughts that you wouldn't get sitting down. And see, so I'm a pacer, so I be, you know, I'm always be moving and shit. So mm-hmm. I don't have no What problem. you mean by a pacer? Talk to me. What's a pacer? Like I pace, you know what I'm saying? So... You pace yourself, but what? No, okay, I'm pacing explain. the floor, like pace the floor, like. Oh, like oh, 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 oh. Okay, got you, got yeah, you. Yeah, in the right. room, in the crib, like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Say you gonna wear a hole in my carpet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I get it. You doing laps in the living room? Yeah, and then my my middle son, he doesn't. It drives me crazy, but. <laughs> <laughs> God, I learned it from you, yeah. motherfucker. Oh, How the fuck you yeah. gonna tell me? But right. yeah, uh, so you know. That's how I keep my my thoughts going, you know what I mean? Like right. like moving, motion it always keeps the 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 brain moving, you know? So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, that's why I asked did you come up with anything or see anything because you know, that's how I get my ideals to going, 
You know what I mean? Moving right. around, exploring. Right. Like I was, you know, Christopher Columbus as a kid. No, I mean not the Spanish version, but the the black version. Mm-hmm. Not, not explorer, the, not the colonialist, but uh, right, right, right. Just a black explorer. So, I but still to, discovering shit that was there before you got there. Yeah, yeah. Still discovering yeah. shit that was there before I got there, acting like I I, I came across it. It was brand new to mm-hmm. me, so it was gotcha. mine. <laughs> so, you know, <clears throat> I've been that since you know I I owned a bicycle. So, I guess what was that about second grade? Got it. Just roaming through the neighborhood, seeing what was what, where. And, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, that's how you know how to learn to differentiate between what's going on here, what's going on there, the different subtle cultural languages between neighborhoods, between cities, between, you know, countries that once you get grown and get a passport and shit. Right, right. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could dig that. I could get that definitely. You'll see. You'll, you'll see little slight little changes in, in neighborhoods and things like that, depending on how far you go. I, I mean, definitely realize. <clears throat> go ahead. Block the block, really. Like when you're a kid, especially because it's like the culture of what they're doing as kids. Like on my block, we might, you know, what I'm saying we play football. That's what we did. Mm-hmm. But you know, before we moved there, somebody had painted a football field on the street and counting out the yards. Mm-hmm. So it was a built-in football field. So that's what we did. But you mm-hmm. go on somebody else's block just for the fact that such and such got a basketball goal in his driveway. They play basketball, you know. Right. And you know, some kids. It's a lot of kids on one block, so you know, you go over there and it's just like a posse of cats. So, you know, it's just like different cultures on different blocks. As a kid, like as a grown person, it's probably nothing. But as a kid, that was like a whole different world to go into a block and they got twenty kids live on one block. That was like wow. Them niggas is a gang. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a whole new neighborhood. It's a right. whole, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It might have been like five, six kids on my block that was uh, my age. Some blocks right. would be a bunch of them. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, I'm just thinking about some of the blocks that I've lived on and how, yeah, how things change a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, there might be a bunch of kids here. Then you go here and it's kind of, it's kind of, yeah, it's not as many. Right. Then it's like, all right, yeah, no, nah, I can dig it. I see what you say. I had a senior citizen block where everybody. Yeah, you got the old block. Yeah, yeah, everybody looking at you, looking <laughs> at you like, don't get too rambunctious around here. We don't really tolerate too much yeah, of that. Don't, don't yeah. Come on around here, bouncing that ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm right, saying? Walking on right. the grass. Mm-mm. Exactly. Slow down. <laughs> a whole lot of that type of shit. You're like, all right, fair enough. <laughs> we got to oh, get off shit. this block. Yeah, this block is trash. <laughs> Uh, I know I need some some sneakers though, some type of some something to walk in, something dedicated to walking. Right, you know, like, and they might not be the most aesthetically pleasing, but I need some 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 trailblazers. <laughs> something Don't to get do me it. through. Like, Don't I'm do not gonna it. I'm not gonna go nasty with. I'm not gonna go full Merrill or no shit like oh, that. But man. I've been. I've been eyeing. I haven't really been eyeing, eyeing. I've been having the thought though, because I do. I don't want to. I don't want to fully depart where this shit look terrible, because I'm still in the world. Mm-hmm. But um, I've been circling around some New Balance, right? And typically with New Balance, because I always, you know, I've had New Balance in the day, like maybe the five seven fours or what are those? More to like the 
the uh, the more accessible models, the less of the science teacher, you know what I'm saying, old man models, which are becoming way popular now, which is crazy. Like, there's a lot of people that like some of these clunky or real weird looking New Balances. They starting mm-hmm. to become the shit. I haven't really jumped over there. I used to get the, you know what I used to I used to associate with like DC and Maryland. Right. And maybe even Queens, like the little, the blue 574s, the gray 574s. You know what I mean? Like real basic, cool out joints. Um, but I've always been hearing like, you know, like a New Balance, the shoe is just one of the most comfortable things. Once you jump into one of these comfortable shoes, it's a different situation, blah, blah, <laughs> blah. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of, I'm kind of considering it, seeing what's what. But at the same time, I've been pretty uh, diligent, say 70%. I've been pretty diligent about not spending a whole lot of money this year. Obviously, it's a pandemic, so a lot of shit, you know, it's not It's not like you're just out in the world and just doing incidental shit anyway. But I've been, you know, because it's easy to sit at your crib, get online and buy some shit just to see it show up. You know, that's the Amazon disease. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that could happen. That could happen. It, I, I ain't gonna lie. It's hit me a few times. I, I've done a few different things with Amazon, but um, I've been kind of curbing that shit, kind of pumping the brake on it. I was actually going back and forth with myself about um, getting a, subscribing to this, uh, this online, these online magazines, and then they bundle in like a print version of the magazine for like a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I, I've, I'm, so, I'm sure I've said it before, but if I haven't, I definitely love mail. You know what I mean? Like I like I like to get some mail. I like when some shit come in the box. You know what I mean? Like I get a package. I get some shit that's like, oh, you know, a magazine. They up that's up in the top five of things to get. You know, so <laughs> even though magazines are super played out, and especially if you get in the magazine already online, it's a little redundant. Mm-hmm. But it's just something about seeing that cover. You know what I mean? Cracking that shit. You know. Like, I, I still get a little analog with my media. You know nah, what I mean? I, I get that, man. Mm-hmm. I get that. Yeah, I think from a if you're from a certain era, you know what I'm saying? Like, it means something when you got that, that crisp magazine, put that bitch on the coffee table or take it on the train. Like, I remember when we worked at, at Vibe when Get Them First Bounds. I used mm-hmm. to love flexing the early Vibe <laughs> before them shits hit the stands. Niggas like, yo, is who wow, I didn't even know we was on that cover. I used to love that look. <laughs> but that shit, that is that is dec- that is dated now. That is a old that is a analog flex. Mm. But uh yeah. it's funny, there's somebody in my building that throws out GQs like like clockwork. I think I got the last three issues. <laughs> and um like clock with them shits be sitting on, you know, they, everybody got the, if you live in the building, everybody got that little area in the building where people just be putting the wayward shit, you know, and even in Corona, motherfucker, everybody still just saying, let me see about this. Yeah, but, that's, uh, that's some I New York, up. yeah, boy. <laughs> yeah, that's definite. I guess that is some New York shit. But, um, yeah, I've been picking up a few of them joints. But, I, again, like, they just sit here. They ain't, it's nothing. It's some more shit to throw out, actually, so... 
I'm talking myself through it as in the moment. I think I'm just gonna stick to the digital, not even go fucking add that little print shit. Well, save some paper. Well, to to fight the fact, the you know, to state the case of of uh, analog. Talk to me. I I really, I come to realize that while you know you got Google and you could go Google anything you want right. nowadays. But you still have to know what you want to Google to Google it, right? So mm-hmm. you don't know what you don't know before you know it. And and then everything that you're really discovering on digital is through the algorithm. They just feeding you shit that they think you would like. In analog, you kind of have the freedom to discover and explore as we were talking about walking. You know what I'm saying? You you had the you had the ability to flip through the pages and land on some shit that you probably wouldn't have clicked on or even came across because you it wouldn't have popped up in your feed or you know what I'm saying unless you're going through every link on the site which you ain't doing you know what I'm saying nope. you just you scroll that front page click some shit boop boop and then okay I'm good I read the article I came to read and I'm out but with a magazine you might flip through and see six or seven things that you wouldn't have necessarily read through. You you know, you see some shit, oh, that's a nice little product, run across an ad. It's different than an ad popping up. You're like, oh, shit, that's kind of dope. Flip it, keep it moving. You ain't got to wait 20 seconds for the shit to play. You know what I mean? So, right. you know what I'm saying? It's like it's like the reason that, that pre-corona, I was at Barnes & Noble's every Sunday. Cause it's mm-hmm. it's discovery, it's unfiltered, it's uninterrupted by the algorithm. You could just walk through that bitch and pick up some shit. Just I sometimes I just blindly pick up, you know what I'm saying, 10, 11 things and go sit down and see what comes up. And then you end up learning things that you wouldn't have looked up because you didn't know to look them up, you know? So right. it's the same as the case for the library. You know what I mean? Library is full of adventure that you didn't know was there until you go pick it off the shelf. So yeah, yeah, discovery. Nah, that shit. That is true. That is true as fuck. But uh, yeah. Let me chill. (laughs) (laughs) What what happened? What's going on? No, I'm just thinking about it. I'm just now I'm back to thinking about it. Like, right. you know, considering that shit. It's a good point you you raised, you know. Because honestly, it was, it was kind of how I would do it was like reverse engineer. Like, to your point, like, be at the bookstore, take a bunch of magazines and shit off the shelf and go through them. And then you come across shit that you're like, oh, that's interesting. And then you might see... It might lead you to a website or an Instagram account or mm-hmm. some other shit that, you know, you might write down and then follow up on the web. Right. You know what I'm saying? But you were introduced to it via the print situation. Right. But, um, yeah, and, that's wild. And that's what I do. I keep a running list as I'm going because you don't have time to just be looking everything up, then going back. So I, I write down all the shit I think is interesting. And then, right. just, and then, as, after I get home, I just start googling all that shit, clicking on the links, and sometimes mm-hmm. it just takes you into a whole world that you didn't know. And it's really good for names, you know what I'm saying? Because pre the internet, this old school shit. When you was trying, when you know you trying to figure shit out, all you had was books and magazines and shit, newspaper. 
And mm-hmm. especially like trying to get in the industry, it was nobody to tell you who's who. So not where I was at. So you had to read magazines, Billboard and Black Radio Exclusive and shit like that to try to get the names of who's who. And then once you mm-hmm. start to recognize the names, then you follow those names. So anytime they pop up, you'll be like, okay, I, I remember that. That he he had this other job before. I bet the executive roundtable when somebody leave a job and go to the next or get a promotion, they put that shit in there. So you just study the names. And if you follow the names, then you would you could enter the world. You know what I'm saying? Even when you're not there. So by the time I got to New York, I started to meet all of the names that I used to read. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, all right, that's man. He used to be such and such. He used to write the little article in that. You know what I mean? So right. that's 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 part of it. Like, So now when I'm reading through the books from the bookstore, you start to get names that you didn't know or people who are in different industries that you're, you may be trying to follow. So like for me with architecture or design or shit like that, or or people in culture from other countries that's along the same energy that's that you see here, but they over there, you can start putting the names together and then bam, okay, start following them. Then next thing you know, you'll start seeing those same people interacting with the same people here in the States that fit that mm-hmm. same profile and be like, damn, the world is really small and energy really do find each other. So you know, that's, that's, that's again, continuation of my case for analog is that you're not, analog gives you the freedom to not be controlled by what pops up. You could go look and find and discover. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. That is true as shit, man. Yeah. It seems as though like, you know, if I even look at music, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe besides title, I don't think any of the DSPs, have liner notes on these albums that come out, right? So you can't even, just as, you know, regular standard as, you can't find out who produced this shit unless they got a vocal tag before the shit. You know what I mean? Or you got to go online somewhere to kind of look up the thing like it's not accessible. And hopefully they change that because what I have noticed, though, as of late on iTunes, certain albums, not all of them, but certain albums... Uh, there's like a little tab where if you listen to the album, there's a tab that brings up the lyrics mm-hmm. and it kind of does like, you know, it kind of brings the lyrics in sync with how they're being spit. It's not oh, just wow. like the lyrics and you describe that. Yeah. So it like it rides with the beat. You know what I mean? So it's kind of, it's kind of redeeming a lot of mumble rappers that I may have dismissed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and not dismiss, but kind of dismiss. Kind of like, okay, I know this person's got a wave or whatever. I hear these, this person is is popping, but when I listen, it doesn't connect to me for the most part. Just by based on the delivery, I'm like, all right, I get it, but I don't, I don't really see what they're saying until I'm looking at this transcript, and I'm like, oh shit, that's what they. Wow, okay, all right, <laughs> interesting. You know what I mean? It's been a lot of that going on. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> You got to follow along. <laughs> I got the oh, I'm then I'm all in that world now, dog. I'm following along. Yeah, it's that's where I'm at in my age. I'm doing that shit. I'm cracking them closed captions sometimes when I'm watching these movies. I'm, I'm oh, fucking yeah. playing, dog. Yeah, I really. Oh, yeah. I fuck with the closed caption heavy. 
I used to call yeah. them shits. Them whisper, like they be saying mumble rap. I'd be like, that's a whisper movie. Let me Yeah. <laughs> like shit. You gotta have a good sound system in order to hear some of these movies. Something. Sound bar or something. I feel like they mixing the movies real fucked up. Cause you blow, you'll turn it up just to hear the dialogue and then it'll go, it'll cut from a scene and then the music will come in and that shit'll be blaring. And you're like, come on, yo, what's going on here? <laughs> so yeah, I'll be reading. I'm out here getting into it. Yep. Oh shit! <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. What's up with you, man? What's going on? Oh, What's man. going on on your side? I've been um, interesting thing this week. I guess the the highlight of my week, not really my highlight, but um, mm-hmm. I I've been actually participating a little more with this clubhouse shit. I haven't. Okay. I was. I've been on it for you know maybe a month, but. You know, I never really sat through a whole session. And um, the first session I sat through, it was, uh, I guess uh, this this cat, uh, don't give me the line. I ain't going to lie and say which name because I don't remember the name. But uh, okay. they do a room a, a room called uh, Good Morning ATL. and Oh, I've seen one of them. I think I popped in for a couple minutes. Yeah, yeah. So, so I popped in the one because... Uh, one of our correspondents, Naima Abdullahi, she's like a, mm-hmm. a journalist out here in ATL. Mm-hmm. She pinged me in it, so I was like, let me see what the fuck going on up in here. And it was cool because, you know what I'm saying, it was it was very organized and, and really it was kind of like bringing people together who are in the industry in different parts of media and entertainment and, you know, laying out there their whole bio really. And then, um, and everybody kind of going back and forth on how different people impacted the culture and where culture is, you know what I'm saying? Big thing in Atlanta is Atlanta is like one of those markets that's there. That's very influential. And, but they're trying to grow. They're trying to grow up really. That's how, how I would assess it. It's like, Mm -hmm. They, they have all the stuff and they have all of the influence in the artist and the music and the film and the TV. So now they're trying to grow up and really kind of take advantage of, of the wave as it's happening. So it's interesting to um, listen in as, you know, everybody break down who's who and, and, and how, they, how they fit and then where the vision of where everybody wants to go as an industry, as a, as a, industry as a whole so that was cool so i actually sat in that one for about an hour and a half which you know was was a long stretch to pop in some of these rooms some of these rooms they it get out of hand and everybody you know they want to clown mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying somebody say something wrong they get clowned and you know what i'm saying it gets real some of these rooms get real funny style but that one was was very well run um and um so I was like, damn, this is this platform is cool. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because when it's mm-hmm. when it's done right, it's like a it's like a uh one of those music seminars every day or yeah. or like a conference. Yeah, like a conference. Yeah. All kind of conferences popping off every day. Mm-hmm. Some of these people, it seems like they be in these shits for twenty four hours, dog. Oh, yes. <laughs> There's some rooms that go for 24, 48 hours, which is crazy to me. But yeah. I'm like, I see some names pop up. I'm like, dude, do, do this motherfucker do anything else? 
Right, 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 right. Motherfucker <laughs> yeah. must be horse, man. He got to be horse. All this talking. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> oh shit. But, yeah, man. I definitely see that shit. What else? So keep going. What else did you what else did you discover on that shit? Uh I mean Again, that was like I said, that was the only full fledged when I sat through. I I, I, pop, I tried to pop in the one that um that you and Cameron were talking about. Uh, which one was that? Oh, that was the uh, welcome DJ Academics situation. Oh yeah, the DJ Academics. Uh, the going off on academics. Yeah. Oh man! So I had to catch that, that on a something. recap. Yeah, that was something. That was something, man. Uh, Tell yeah, Clubhouse is interesting. <laughs> Clubhouse is interesting. First of all, it's uh, on its on its good. It's room by room. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Some rooms are better than others. Some rooms are ratchet and wild. Mm-hmm. Some rooms are uplifting and enlightening. You know what I mean. Some rooms are flat. You know, but it's it's uh, it's room by room. It is like a conference. It's a wild ass conference. <laughs> um, some rooms there's no. The motherfuckers is rude as shit. A lot of like a lot of people like I was in one room, man. These people were so catty with each other, like it was terrible. Like it was like it was just disrespectful. I had to leave because I didn't even like the energy. Like right. I was like, let me get the fuck out of here because I I'm getting upset. I'm not even on the stage. That's another thing about the clubhouse. Clubhouse reminds me of like a concert. Where everybody want to be on stage, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like they ain't got no real reason to be on stage. But you just rather than being in the audience, you just want to be on stage. You don't even need to hold the mic. Right. You just want to. You just want niggas in the audience to see you on stage. Right. I seen a lot of that. <laughs> I seen that at the uh, the Jay Z birthday uh, room, which was a long. I was in that bitch for a long time. There's times where I've fallen asleep in the clubhouse room, Damn. and I didn't mean to. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy, bro. It was crazy. You know, I'll be alone. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm at the crib. I'm quarantining Dolo. So sometimes I just put that shit on just to listen to some shit. Just to, you know, you, you like, you lay down, you just listen to some shit. I dozed the fuck off, and it was funny. Um... Cause typically when the, the rooms close, you, you everybody gets booted out. But I get, maybe this is prior to that. I woke up, I was the only motherfucker in the room. <laughs> you know what I mean? And a friend of mine, she hit me. She was like, "Yo, you must have really enjoyed that room because I see you was in that room for hours." And I was like, "Yo, I fell asleep. That's what happened." So uh, <laughs> yeah, I was just kicking it. But um, I was in the whole room. Our shit was really good because there's a bunch of people telling stories and shit. So mm-hmm. I like a lot of those rooms. So fast forward to this weekend, I was in a bunch of interesting rooms, right? Some interesting ones. Uh, but specifically, I talk about, uh, I saw there was a welcome room. I typically never go into welcome rooms unless I know the person. And typically not even then unless I'm getting pinged in there. You know what I mean? I let the, you know, whatever. Um, but I saw welcome Seagull Seagull. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I fucks with if that Beanie Seagull, I fucks with Seagull. Let me see what Seagull talking about. So Seagull, he had a room, and um, you know, he's telling vintage Rockefeller stories. You know what I mean? Talking about you know studio sessions and how it was, and this, that, the other thing. And you know, Seagull's in the top three from Rockefeller. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It probably. 
him, Yay, and and Jay, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and it's real interesting. It's real interesting, um, particularly with Siegel. You know, speaking of Cam, when we had him on, you know, uh, a couple of weeks ago, you know, we was talking about Jeezy and Gucci and, and, you know, those two. And, you know, how they like street rappers, trap rappers. Siegel might not be a trap rapper. You know what I'm saying? He he obviously participated in a lot of that shit. Mm-hmm. But it's just weird. Like, I was having this conversation with a friend of mine. Because uh, a lot of people were showing love to him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Giving him his flowers. A lot of people were showing love. <laughs> you know what I mean? Niggas love to give you your flowers at the clubhouse. But uh, a lot of people was a lot of people was giving him his flowers and shit. And it was just it's just interesting because I think that I don't want to say he's been overlooked, but he's kind of his his profile. You know, after him being shy and him losing his voice or losing a lot of his voice, he's kind of he hasn't been. You know, as um, his profile hasn't been as high as much. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So people kind of forget him. And then I was um, I was talking to a friend of mine. We were just talking about rappers that we really fucked with. And, you know, Siegel was one. Siegel's been one of my favorites for a long time. But then um, me and my mans, we was talking about a bunch of Queens rappers. And because uh, I watched the... Um, and I'm going to get into this too. This will be an offshoot of what we talk about with this club, this clubhouse shit. Mm-hmm. I watched, I've been watching a lot of drink champs as of late. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I don't always watch the whole drink champs because them niggas get drunk and they be rambling and go all over the place. But as of late, they've been pretty interesting. So I was watching the Core Mega episode uh, most recently and Core Mega was dropping some gems. Like mm-hmm. that nigga was, he was just saying some shit. You know what I'm saying? Like he was, he was, his, his like, he and he's coming out with like a book of gems. Like he was saying slick shit. I'm like, damn. Like he was some old Les Brown type shit, you know, but from Cormega. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, I might have to revisit Cormega's catalog just based off the strength of that. And I was talking to my homie who was like, he's always been a Queens rap fan. Like mm-hmm. I like Nas, Prodigy was my nigga, you know what I mean? Whatever, whatever. Nori later on, whatever. But um, you know, my homie was like. He said, yeah, I've always been on the, the, the Queens niggas ever since G-Rap. And I was like, damn, nigga, I mm-hmm. totally forgot. Not that I forgot, but G-Rap is like the godfather of the street shit. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, he's one of those, but he's so... Like, if I could see anybody on a, on a record with Siegel, who I would love to have seen, would have been ill to see G-Rap and Siegel together. You know what I'm saying? But it was just like, you know, it was just some people that you may have forgotten about. And you're like... Damn, hell yeah, they they contributed a lot. You forget how expansive this hip hop shit is. But anyway, G-Rap so the single Queens? shit. Yeah, he's from Corona. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, so anyway, so like the seagull shit, that this shit everybody in there for hours, everybody talk about, you know, Seagull was the realist, this, that, and the other thing, nigga. Yo, the shit that you used to say, you know what I mean? Nigga, it was times when you was coming for Jay Neck, he couldn't fuck with you, and da 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 Like, they was just, they was loving this nigga, right? So mm-hmm. I was in there for a while. Then I look over and I see Academics was on the shit. And, um, as polarizing as academics is, because a lot of people do not fuck with academics. They think he's a clown, cornball. Um, he's, he's, he dabbles in, or he manipulates a lot of, you know, bullshit that he really has no, 
staking, you know what I'm saying, from afar, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, you know, especially like that. Like he got into that whole big Chicago shit, that whole Chicago drill scene, and he kind of mm-hmm. amplified a lot of the bullshit that, you know, a lot of people, you know, people got killed and shit like that. So a lot of people kind of point fingers at academics for a lot of that shit. And he's he stepped to it and kind of, you know, held himself accountable or whatever, whatever. So it was just interesting just to go from Siegel, nigga, love fest, you know what I'm saying? Respect the thon to academics where these niggas is roasting them. These niggas is talking about, nigga, I'll slap the shit out, you, this type <laughs> of shit. Like, it was a lot of that, mm-hmm. right? And, um, well, what I, well, the thing I appreciate about academics and a couple other people, you know, as I'm older, some, some of these generations, some of this stuff, like I said before, like I'll turn on now, I'm looking, I'm reading the lyrics. Because some of these so-called mumble rappers I might dismiss. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, I would watch him. I ain't really always fuck with his YouTube shit. I wasn't, I mean, I was aware of it, but I wasn't like a fan or nothing. But I I liked him more. I started to fuck with him on Everyday Struggles, the YouTube show that's actually ending this week. Mm-hmm. But um, he's good at putting shit in context and why certain people matter and you know what I mean? What's their impact in the game? Shit that I might not see because I'm not on the ground floor. Like I'm not a fan of these people, right. but he is. And he, he knows how to explain it in a way to where somebody that's just taking a peripheral glance will be like, Oh, okay. Interesting. Oh, that's a storyline based on, Oh, I didn't even know that. Wow. It's like, like a Dakota ring type nigga. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, um, uh, and his his platform is 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 huge. You know what I'm saying? Like people, it's is you know it's arguably like a world star type of thing. Right. You know what I mean? Especially as it relates to hip hop or whatever. So, just like world star, people feel a certain type of way about it, right? So, uh, so what happened was he's in there, and I guess Nadeska pinged him in, who's the moderator on Everyday Struggle, you know, writer from Complex or whatever, and uh, she brought him in. And 21 Savage was like the moderator, right? Mm-hmm. So, but then there was people in there like Guap Dad 4000, who was who was the one that went in on academics, but academics kind of held his own. Um, but at first, you know, it was a lot like niggas was just roasting them. You know what I'm saying? They always be roasting them, you know, be going in on it, said the niggas. That the nigga built like a bag of brown sugar, you know, <laughs> shit like that. Like, you know, niggas, niggas was killing them. So that that type of shit was funny, but then niggas started airing their grievances. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like a lot of niggas from Chicago was feeling a certain type of way or whatever. And so it started to turn into a, a grievance fest. And then things got a little bit more amplified. And, you know, I told you Guap Dad went in on them. Eventually, Meek Mill came in there and they had been at odds for a while. So, but what was... There was a bunch of things that were interesting. Um, this is the one thing that I pulled from it, and I'm a little older, but I felt like, you know, they they pressing him to be accountable, but at the same time, they're not being as accountable as they could be. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because if you saying that your platform amplifies fuck shit, the fuck shit is the source material. So if you out there doing fuck shit and you want me to be, you know what I mean, mindful or responsible in my amplification of it, but you don't really cease in the fuckery, there's a disconnect. You know what I mean? A lot of motherfuckers wasn't really trying to claim that, but that was one thing. But that I think that's just some, you know, that's that's a that's a bird's eye view, right? You know, because I, you know, but um. 
more than anything, and this is before this room, but it was super exemplified in this room. Uh, that motherfucker 21 Savage is the illest moderator in the game. <laughs> like, that nigga there. Niggas on the internet was calling him 21 Savage Van Zant. Like, this nigga <laughs> was, like, he was, he was keeping everything. He's level-headed. He know how to defuse the shit because, you know, he's respected. He got a lot of credibility out there, but he's articulate. Like, he knows how to <laughs> express himself and, like, plead the case for other people and like spin it so you could kind of see where he's coming from and that person's coming from so much so like they like for a while the, there was so many people particularly like Meek was kind of black not blacking on academics but they they was like it looked like it was at an impasse they wasn't even gonna fuck with each other right. and towards the end of that shit it was some kumbaya shit it was like right. you know what peace you know I, I you know what you know I, I, I you know I'm gonna let you evolve you know what I'm saying academics was like you know I wanna evolve <laughs> you know like yeah. it was a whole lot of shit and I was like yo this nigga Beyond just this room, 21 Savage has been a clubhouse star. I think I've right. said this before, but like this, this platform is really uh, definitely, I always fucked with him musically, but it makes you see him in a different light. He is definitely a leader of this new generation. Right. Like he wanted them motherfuckers. But um, so that shit was crazy. That shit was a wild room. But then let me just say this. And then just to, complete the whole thread mm -hmm. back to the core mega shit and it might have been something else but the 21 savage um academics room and then the the uh core mega drink champs there's been a theme because in the core mega thing you know core mega uh, used to have like notoriously had like uh he was he fell out with nas and him and Nas are both from Queensbridge. They grew up together. They knew each other as kids. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Corey and Nasir, like before the rap shit, they known each other. So, you know, for them to fall out, it's a little different than just rappers falling out. It's not like Nas and Jay-Z. It's like they got a super past. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, they've since reconciled. You know, obviously he's on the new Nas album on the Firm record. And, then, um, you know, uh, uh, I forget, well, like, Nori, I guess, had a problem with Choke No Joke. You know, the videographer used to do a mm -hmm. lot of shit for Rockefeller or whatever. But during this interview, you know, and it might have been another reconciliation that I can't recall, but it was a lot of, like, reconciliation talk. Mm -hmm. You know, and at one point, I kind of chalked it up to just niggas being 40-something and washed you know what i'm saying not washed but just like not washed but just you're not out there it's not as it's not as uh the stakes aren't as high anymore you know what i mean you've pretty much accomplished some shit you're you're you're, you're fucking jerseys in the rafters on a certain level like you're an og you know what i'm saying so like you older, you might have kids in college or whatever you might have a mortgage like there's things that you ain't really thinking about rap beef. You ain't really looking to go out and fight a nigga or bust your gun or whatever. It's not like you young and got something to prove and you trying to, you know, you know, you're trying to maintain your rise or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it was interesting because you seeing someone like 21 Savage get his, you know, Ayanla Van Zant on between Meek and, and academics and all these people. And, and just, just the spirit of yo brothers, 
brothers, sisters, whom like we could we could we could resolve these issues amongst each other. Let's sit at the table and let's hear each other out. Like which I haven't really seen a lot of that. And I don't know how long it's gonna last. It might mm-hmm. last for just a night. You know what I mean? Man, fuck that nigga. It might turn into that the next day, right. but I, I like that energy that I'm starting to see. And maybe it's because people have been sitting around in the crib and they've been, you know, there's a fucking plague out there killing people, you know, willy nilly. And you've had time to sit with your thoughts or whatever. But there has been this spirit of let's get beyond that. Let's see how we can help each other. And I think that shit is pretty cool. Right. I just think, you know what I'm saying? In this particular phase of hip hop, there's not like a, you know what I'm saying? No, for lack of a better term, leadership per se, in a way of who's who has enough respect to solve right. these beefs and cause reconciliation and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? The shit like, you know, uh, Russell Simmons will have like a peace summit. You know what I mean? Bring right, in right. Minister Farrakhan and they, uh, you know, help talk through the beefs. Not that it worked. But at least somebody was, you know what I'm saying, leading the the charge. Before that, you had, you know, KRS-One and the Stop the Violence movement. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Maybe D-Nice could come back and produce the new version of that or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Play a part right, in that. Right, right, right. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, now everybody, like, back then, you know, a lot of rap was coming through basically one or two markets. You know what I'm saying? New York, mm-hmm. L.A., you know? And so you had enough... You know what I'm saying? If you had power in New York, you was able to come together with the brothers in New York. If you had power on the West, you could come together. Now rap is everywhere. You know what I mean? And and it's it's fractured in so many different places, but everybody shares the internet together, you know? And when when those internet words start flying, then you know, then it's beef. But mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You don't have no core center person that can say, you know what? Hey, man, y'all, let's bring this thing together. And maybe 21 Savage might become that person. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's in the seat right now. Right. Yeah, he's definitely, yeah. You know, Jay-Z wow. could, but Jay-Z ain't trying to deal with you niggas like that, man, every week. Mm-mm. He like, man, yeah, yeah. get off my line, man. I done told, I done told Meek <laughs> ass to sit his ass down, stop fucking with these right. niggas, man, letting these niggas get in his head. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, Jay-Z got three kids. <laughs> Little kids, too. Yeah, he got a lot. He got his hands full. Yeah, hey, crazy. Man, shit. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know what I'm saying? You don't have no figure like that. You got some people on the West that, you know what I'm saying, can handle the West politics. You know what I mean? You got people in Atlanta that can handle the Atlanta politics. You got probably got people in Chicago, definitely, that can handle the, mm-hmm. the Chicago politics. But, you know what I'm saying? I guess, shit, the closest thing they, the gang got is Jay Prince, if that's saying something. You know what I'm saying? Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You know, uh, so it's interesting to see, like, this stuff being sorted out amongst the peers. You know what I mean? Right. And, right. And that's cool. But what's also interesting to me is the fact that, uh-huh. you know, how much grief people always gave academics. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, they've always mm-hmm. given them grief about what he does. You know what I mean? They're just right. now starting to, I mean, last couple years giving Vlad some grief about what he do. Right. 
But right. you know what I'm saying? It's like a, a a major difference in how they play act versus how they play Vlad. And then still go up to Vlad and do them long ass intrusive interviews. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like like he Barbara Walters. You know what I'm saying? Which right. you can't be mad at because he just asking the questions. They sat down and gave the answers just like they provide the content for academics to repost. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just odd how much grief they give, how hard they go against academics all the time, and well, you, yeah. you know, yeah. you know how that go when you black and you know you're accessible to other black people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's just kind of like. Like how people would give Puffy a hard time, but then wouldn't talk about the white label owner that probably got you on a fucked up contract as well. Right. That, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know. But, uh, yeah, it's it's weird. I just want to footnote, because I said Jay got three kids. I guess, shit, 21 got four kids, so I guess kids <laughs> might not be the issue. Well, he, but he, then he's the still other young, thing, and like right, you said, he's still he, young. He, he, go, he not 40-something, and you know what I mean? He, he young 50, and in the game. Jay, 51. They 51. Yeah. And then the other shit, the other point, somebody pointed this out, but it's just, I can't remember who, but it's attributed to, but it's it's a really good point. Um, shit like Clubhouse and things like podcasts, they're verbal. Mm-hmm. So you got to use your words. Not to say that rappers don't use their words all the time, but like, again, like in the spirit of these reconciliations, mm-hmm. you're seeing cats say things like, Yo, that hurt my feelings. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which is super. That's a vulnerable. Niggas be saying, be scared to say that to that lady. You know what I mean? Like, I was hurt by that. Like, I was hurt. That made me feel a certain time. Like, I always used to joke, like, uh, you know, uh, I didn't realize how many emotions I had till emojis came out. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you be like, oh, shit, I didn't even know you could look through all this. Like, a nigga, like, black people say some shit like, I feel a I feel a way right. about that shit, right. which is vague but specific. Right. Like I feel a way, but like when a motherfucker say, "Yo, you hurt my feelings," and put it out there on the table for it to be like, you know, like there's something there's something progressive about that. So yeah, right. shout out to uh, all of that shit. Yeah, it's a new generation, and it's a new it's an evolution yeah. of 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 thoughts and an evolution of of, of feelings that. You know what I'm saying? You you just didn't have the the license to use all the time back in the 80s and 90s and shit. You know what I'm saying? Where everything it, was, yeah. you know, you got to be tough. You got to be hard. You can't mm-hmm. not. You know what I mean? You got to be the right. man. You got to be a man. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. So now, they shit. Yeah. It's, it's a more diversity of emotion that... That you know what I'm saying, it should be seen as a positive because the way that the world is going, you're gonna need a wider range of emotion just to even make it through this shit. You know what I'm saying? You're not gonna mm-hmm. be able to operate in a a singular fashion how it kind of used to be. You gotta, you know what I mean? You gotta be able to you gotta work with different people, you gotta work with different kinds of people, you know. Back in the day, mm-hmm. you might you have a specific job. You work with specific people who are mostly just like you. But now, yep. it, shit, you had a you had a, a a woman playing football yesterday in college football. She was the kicker, kick some field goals and shit. Sarah okay. Sarah Fuller, I think is her name, was playing for I think Vanderbilt. I think the COVID right. COVID had knocked out a few of their players, so they picked her up as a reserve kicker. 
She mm. she was on the soccer team, and mm-hmm. you know she she uh she did a few kickoffs and a couple of extra points, and you know yeah, that's, that's progressive. Now you know right. she ain't gonna right. stay. She like you know what I'm saying I'm done. You know what I mean? My career in football right. is over. Going back to soccer, mm. but you know it's a different day and age. Yeah. No, it's true. A lot of different things are happening. Speaking of a different day and age and, and using your words, there was an article in the New York Times uh, today, actually. Uh, so a black student's mother, this is the headline, a black student's mother complained about fences. He was expelled. So basically, uh, this is in North Carolina and Charlotte, Providence Day School, is the name of the school, which mm-hmm. is, I believe, like a very upstanding, uh, you know, high school or whatever, day school. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine is telling me a lot about it, actually. And um, so the mother of a black ninth grader at a private school in North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina, learned last month that his English class was going to be studying August Wilson's fences. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously we know it's an acclaimed play explaining racism in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Uh she complained to the school because uh, there's a bunch of racial slurs peppered within mm-hmm. from the first page. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And uh, obviously the school is majority white. I believe that classroom, I'm not sure how many uh, black kids are in the classroom, but they're still in the minority. Mm-hmm. So from what it seems like, um, the mother, she's a, a lawyer and a single mother. She basically, she reached out to Providence Day School. She, you know, she said she had a problem with what was going on. After a round of emails, uh, the school agreed to an alternate lesson for her son. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the school also discussed complaints with the parents of four other students. So Miss Fox, that's the lady, a disagreement escalated. She took it to the parents' Facebook group and then later fired off an email that school officials said was a personal attack on a faculty member, a mm-hmm. black faculty member at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on the day after Thanksgiving, the school notified Miss Fox that Jamel would no longer be attending the school, the only one he had ever known. Mm-hmm. Uh, his mother called it expulsion. The school referred to it as a termination of enrollment mm-hmm. that had to do with the parent, not the student. Right. Uh, long story short, he got expelled. Uh, she feels, you know, she's tight about it, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, and they, they seem like they kind of conceded or whatever, said, I right, well, let's do this for him. And then maybe that wasn't enough. And I guess she, she, like they said, fired off of evil. When I love when they say fired off of evil. That shit right. make it sound like you hit that, that send that's, button hard as shit and motherfucker. Like Kermit the Frog typing. <laughs> Exactly. Fire, exactly. Exactly. I'm gonna tell you another thing. That's when you. That's when you mad that you sent that shit because you got a whole nother paragraph. You're like, you know what? Fuck that shit. Let me hit him with a, a part two of this bitch. And another thing. <laughs> Furthermore, so, uh, that's when you got your right, professional yeah. voice on. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Your professional cuss out. <laughs> but um, this was a conversation that I had a couple friends of mine because mm-hmm. the thing is, uh. It's unfortunate because this is, you know, he's a, a 
you know, he's one of the few black students in this room, mm-hmm. right? And there's all these white kids and, you know, they said that they were going to tell him to say the N-word, but that that's still nigga. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But they, they said they're going to say the N-word and they're going to say nigga full out. And I believe the funny thing about this shit was I think it was going to be on Zoom due to COVID. So it wasn't even as ill, you know what I mean? But it was still, you watching your screen and your kid's like, and another thing, you funky N-word, whatever the fuck. So, uh, so... You know, obviously, I can understand the discomfort, but then the thing is, um, I started because fences is a hell of a play, and maybe because mm-hmm. I'm black, I don't, and I never really had to watch it amongst mm-hmm. the white gays. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like uh, I never had to watch it, but in a room full of white people, or have to perform it in front of a room full of white people or whatever. I've always seen it. You know, amongst my people, but I've seen it a couple times in in on Broadway. I've seen it on the, on the movie screen. It's a hell of a play, right? And it's not even super duper old. I mean, it's from the fifties, but it's you know, it's fairly contemporary. And then I was I was making a point that like, as shit advances, as we start to move forward in the future, you know, black people have kind of dominated culture in a way especially in the last 30 we could go even 40 years but definitely last 30 to 20 to 30 years where our shit is all over the place you're thinking about jay-z who's gonna be studied who's not he's already being studied Nas is already being studied kendrick is already you know pulitzer prize when i'm sure he's being studied at somewhere barry jenkins is probably gonna be studied and niggas littered through all of that shit mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and it's just like it's a weird, it's hairy because you don't want to act like we, we, we as black people know that nigga is a tentpole of black slang. It is mm-hmm. throughout the culture. It's, you know what I mean? It, it should, it's, you know, it's like, uh, I think Chris Rock, it's like salt. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it we, that shit adds a little flavor. It could kill you, too, but you know, it adds some flavor. Mm-hmm. But um, obviously, there's always that uh, that moment where, obviously, when you say it amongst the community, it's one thing. But in mixed company, it's something else. Because now you're kind of concerned about, y'all I hope they're not looking at me like a nigga. Mm-hmm. Or I hope that they, you know what I mean? Whatever, whatever. But as I'm saying, as we move further and further and we're starting to get into, you know, celebrating art and we trying to be more diverse in what we what we uh, put into these course loads and all of that shit, mm-hmm. that's going to be an ongoing question. Yeah. And what do you think, obviously, as the father of three children, mm-hmm. you know, various ages, what do you think about this situation? Have you ever been in a situation like that? How would you have responded? And, you know, whatever. I mean, all I, don't, I don't... I haven't been in that situation. My kids have been at private schools where they were one of the few. Um, No nigga shit had ever came up, but, uh, (laughs) but you know, had it, you know what I mean? You had to, I would look at it in context of what's, what's happening. You know what I mean? Um, And fences, you know, is something that should be studied. You know, Um, it's not, the, the the kids fault that he's in a white environment studying this black thing. Um, 
if I had questions, I would ask them. I would raise them. Um, I would like to see, you know what I'm saying, what this fired off email looked like. You know what I'm saying? Because right. that would be the tell of the tape, whether it's some bullshit or whether she really went the fuck off. Um, mm-hmm. So I would have to see that. You know what I'm saying? It's quick to it's quick to jump on the side of, oh, my God, why are they doing this to this one student? But he did have the option to, you know what I'm saying, not go through that. He could have, you know, did alternative means. You know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> then, you know, as a parent, you're going to always protect your kid. And then on the, the last sort of flip is you in a private school, you sign a contract. You know what I'm saying? And mm. all of that shit is part of it, not just what the student does, but you as a parent's behavior. And, yeah, they it's, it's definitely subjective because – White kids do some wild ass shit and then nothing happens or, you know, saying very little happens. But as the black kid, you got very little room to wiggle. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times. Mm-hmm. So you're already, you're, you're, you're police different. You know what I'm saying? Especially um, if you're growing taller and faster than some of the other kids, you know? So um, they have a whole different set of rules. So you definitely have to be on it. You know what I'm saying? 110% of the times. But then you also have to understand the fight that you're fighting. You're not just fighting the fight of what's going in your kid's head and what's going on around your kid, but also how you're being perceived and shit as the parent going into this shit. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how this shit was set up. You know what I mean? But even when you're paying full fare, you got that contract that they will definitely read you to the letter of. You know what I'm saying? They're not going to they gonna keep all that shit as ammunition on whatever you bring in. So you have to understand the fight you're fighting. And whether and if it was that important to you, then changing schools should not even be the problem. But since they made it a problem and and now it's a, a thing and you made it a you made it a thing and it's, it's a viral incident now you have to really try to figure out what's your point and what do you want for your child because the longer this draws out the more he's affected so that fight has to be you have to come out with with some wins in an important way if you're going to take it all the way there me i'd have been like fuck this shit let's (laughs) let's move the fuck on then if we can't come to no sensible agreement you know and then it'll been a matter of who who quit first? Who 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 quit the other one first? You know, did I leave first or did you fire me? You know what I'm saying? You mm. you can't kick mm-hmm. me out. I quit. So, you know, but changing schools is really shaking up the foundation of a kid's uh, social and academic life. All his friends right. are based there. That's all the only school he went to. All his friends are white. You know what I'm saying? And right. Now he had to go do this shit all over again with the stigma of being the viral, you know, star of whistleblower. Yeah, the viral, you know what I'm saying? So I I just really felt like I'm not sure what her letter said. I don't I think if I had been in that situation, I don't know what my email mail would have read and how it would have read. Cause she probably is responding to whatever the teacher said. The teacher probably said some fuck shit. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. As they do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They, they will come with some mm-hmm. fuck shit. It ain't even. So what you fighting and fussing about ain't even the situation. You know what I'm saying? It's Just the, be a slick ass line. Yeah, it's yeah. the response. You know what I'm saying? It's like they quick. They quick with it on some bullshit. But you got to be <laughs> a little. Like clubhouse. Yeah, you got to be a step ahead of the game on their ass because it's like, you know, sometimes they'll, you know, they'll, they'll stereotype your kid or something or they'll put your kid in the same box they put their own kids in, which, you know what I'm saying, anytime that there's a problem, instead of really working through the solution sometimes, they quick to offer some, you know, there's medication for that. Like, what the fuck is you talking about? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, what? That's what you jump to? You skip over all right. the other shit. To man, if you don't get out of here with that bullshit, then you start not even you make that motherfucker invisible, and you start talking to right. a whole another motherfucker. So you know what I'm saying? A lot of times when they hit you with some slick shit and you already fired up, mm-hmm. your response is based off of the slick shit, not even the issue. And that could be the case here, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah, we don't know. We ain't see the email, but it's a it's an interesting. Um, Dilemma yeah. to be in. Yeah, but you know. if you put your kid in an all-white environment, that means, you know what I'm saying, all of culture is going to be inside of that mix. So what happens when his friends listening to niggas in Paris? You know what I'm saying? Right. Or 21 right. Savage or whoever the fuck rapper of the week is. Mm-hmm. WAP or anything. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's, you know what I'm saying? It's going to be the same issue as fences in a less academic way. You know, right? This that comes with being in that environment, and so you have to be able to navigate and and arm your kid with the tools to navigate that scenario, regardless of how it comes up, academically, socially, in dating, and all of that shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, let me ask you this, because. Uh, um, what do you think, you know, part of it is also, this is just a little further along, but part of the thing is a lot of these white schools, you know, they're established, they've been around for a while, they're upstanding, they, they you know, they, uh, they're connected with a lot of these little Ivy League schools or just, mm-hmm. you know, connected with success in the, at the end of it all, in the real world, like, you know, you know, uh, you'll be well off. You'll do, you'll be competitive Mm -hmm. in all of these arenas. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, I don't know if it's Marcus Garvey, but yeah, it's like, there's a part of you, and obviously I don't have kids, so there's a part of you that thinks, um, will we ever see a day where, not to get super segregational, Mm -hmm. You know, some segregation shit, but more some empowered shit to where, like, you know, if there's some Afrocentric schools or some black schools where it's majority Mm -hmm. people of color that are just as esteemed in the world Mm -hmm. to where, like, you don't have to, and you know, you don't have to kind of subject your child to being one of the only ones Mm -hmm. or kind of suppress themselves or feel like they're walking on a tightrope. Mm -hmm. You think that 
you know, in our lifetime that we'll even see a cultural or academic landscape that would uh that would have that where it is like, you know, you go into this this black school, kind of like an HBCU, but like in the elementary level or the high school level where like this is just as esteemed. You you'll still be a bad motherfucker. You'll be competitive out there. Mm-hmm. Da 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 da. What you think? Yeah, I mean, I think it's happening now. But what happens is this is not necessarily a race issue. This is more of a class issue. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So when you mm-hmm. when you ascend up to a, a certain place, you're making certain kind of money, um, or you aspire to ascend to a certain space, you you tr- tend to try to surround yourself with what you believe that looks like or or right. the things that give you a better chance at that or gives your kid a better chance at that. It starts at birth. You know what I'm saying? People name their kids based on that whole mindset of let me give them a name that, you know what I'm saying, will help them get to a certain place as opposed to hold them back. You know what I'm saying? So instead of giving them a blackish name, you know what I'm saying? You might go mm-hmm. with something very, you know what I'm saying, beige or vanilla, you know? Very, you know, mm-hmm. you know that could fit right in. And then mm-hmm. so when it comes to schools and as a parent, I shit, I had to I had to make this decision myself. You know what I'm saying? I'm living in Bed-Stuy, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you know, there was you know, there were schools, but it was none that I felt like was going and then not knowing being from a whole nother place and this whole system right. is foreign. She's like, shit, there's a school right across the street from my house. But I'm right. I'm looking out the window, shit. I'm seeing fights go on and nobody break them <laughs> shits up. Like, that shit's like penitentiary. <laughs> like, god damn, <laughs> niggas gonna let these motherfuckers fight? <laughs> motherfuckers fight <laughs> till, till it's done. All the way over, over. I'm like, this oh, shit here crazy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> but, what happened was, you know what I'm saying? I hit a a a, a, a spot in life where, you know what I mean? I ain't had a kind of bread to send them to school like that no more. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. we had to remove them from that school and shake up their whole social foundation and right. find a public school. And by the time we really had to do it, it was kind of late. So you just really had to go with what you could really get yourself into. And it was a school in our neighborhood, CS 21, which was an A plus school, you know what I'm saying? But it was the hood school, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it serviced all of the kids from Brevoort on, on, mm-hmm. on the one side of Brevoort. And, mm-hmm. you know, but <clears throat> as we found out, once I got into the school, that school had a legacy of, of mm. of excellence, you know what I'm saying, and not in right. your standard. Oh, everybody got to put on a, you know what I mean. Everybody's polished and all that, but just in the work ethic and in the the way that they teach, they taught a lot with love. Because the lady that kind of founded that school, the first principal of that school, she was a a, a black lady who who ran a, a learning disability program at a school. Mm. And, you know, the white people was like, you know, we're going to put you in here. You basically going to babysit these kids until, you know, they go home. And then she was like, nah, I'm going to teach these kids. You know what I'm saying? These kids can learn too. And she basically created a system where those kids who wrote off became learners. And they started to, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, excel. So 
she became the principal of this school and um her her name is Adelaide Sanford and her legacy you could feel that shit within the school and mm-hmm. and what was different was it was all black it was hood you know what I'm saying but I don't give a fuck what these kids was doing any type of competitive whatever whether it was the oratory contest basketball track robotics whatever them motherfuckers was gonna be on the podium. You know what I'm saying? That's the attitude all them kids had. Like, shit, we gonna win. Right. And right. And then I was able to see something different because from the outside looking in, you wouldn't see that. You wouldn't see the 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 details of the culture. You just see, okay, damn, these kids running around wild, they loud. Da, da, da. But at the core of it, it was a lot of love that went into that instruction, which played out in test scores and in how the kids uh, achieve. And it was a lot of people. The principal grew up in Brevoort Projects. The A lot of about four or five of the teachers grew up right there. So, you know what I'm saying? Mm, Adelaide. Right, invested. Yeah. Adelaide Sanford's legacy, they were taught under that program and they came back and brought it back to the school. So, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, it could definitely happen. It's just when with class, you try to put it, you know what I'm saying? I'm a maneuver and get in the right position. But sometimes that shit is more work than it is to, you know what I'm saying, put them in a regular school and just fill them up with enrichment because mm. what what they don't tell you when you at those kind of schools is that yeah, they'll tell you when something's wrong and they'll tell you when they're doing great, but just you know, on a basic level. But they're not going to tell you when your kid is actually excelling like a motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? They right. they kind of keep that kind of like, you know, try to keep, make everybody on the equal. Yeah, he's doing great. You don't have anything to worry about, blah, blah, blah. But then you find out once you put them in a regular school, this motherfucker's off the charts. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Like these motherfuckers, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, would have had him regular as fuck and thinking that he was regular as fuck. And that's the, mm-hmm. that's the thing that you don't see when you're in those schools, you know what I mean? But again, when you know it, you you got to counteract it. So it's actually a lot of work to be in those schools. It's more work that you don't know that you're signing up for because of the social and class issues. So you got a whole lot of homework to do on your end. That's what's up. That's real shit. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Uh, and then and, uh, and you pay for the luxury of having that homework. <laughs> ain't that crazy? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Oh man. Yeah. What you call it? place? Place to be tax. Yet is, again. Yep. The place to be tax, boy. But you you yeah. doing it? You're you're trading off that maybe they'll be in a better position for college. There'll be a better position of resources in the future. All this old shit that you know may or may not happen. <laughs> you know what right. saying? It's an investment. It's, it's an a inv- gamble. Yeah, yeah. It's a gamble. You know what I'm saying? And and uh, you know, but you do put them in closer proximity to. The negative aspects to their culture as well. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like more mm-hmm. more drugs is flowing freely, more, you know what I'm saying? Just more access to shit that that don't really be popping off as much in a, you know, in a regular black community. So right. Right. you know, just the, the the philosophy of drugs. You know, he's just, you know, I was feeling down, so I just popped a pill, you know. Right, you know what right, I'm saying? right. Real normalized. Yeah, yeah. it's just like you know that's what mom does. That's shit. Them shits is in the 
fucking kitchen cabinet. Yeah. They're happy pills. Happy pill. <laughs> That's some shit. Yeah, but oh man, ah oh, shit. Anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Nah, man. That's it, I guess. Shit. That was that was a good. Nah, that was, that was. I felt like that was. We did it. Yeah. That was a good ass episode. <laughs> that, that was it. Shit. Sometimes you just gotta drop the mic. You know what I mean? <laughs> Oh shit! I would say where you gonna be, but I mean, well, we know where you gonna be. You got anything you wanna promote or talk about? You wanna promote? I talk- <laughs> That's why nigga really gotta. I've been in the house too long, man. Oh shit! Yeah, you wanna man. shit? You got I got this party, party no. down here. You know what I mean? Goddamn! Right. Nah, right, man. right, 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 right. Cool, right. man. I'm just, you know, again, uh, happy to be here. Happy to be able to have these conversations. Um, I think. With the advent of places like Clubhouse, the conversations are becoming more important. You know what I'm saying? Especially ones that you can follow and and, and right. moderate. And that's what we're doing each and every week for the past, you know what I'm saying, 300-something weeks. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it, it's good to do it. It's good to have people that, that follow along and, and, um, and hit you up later and let you know that they've been listening. And so you know, yeah, that is, it's uh, it's an honor and a privilege to be here. Absolutely, absolutely, that's what's up. Yeah, it definitely is an honor and a privilege. Glad we could keep doing this. You know what? And then uh, just to celebrate, if y'all want to, let us know what episode you started listening to the conversation at. Where'd you come in at? You know, let's just see what's up, just to see what it is. Right. And uh, shit, if it's this episode, we happy to have you. No you doubt. Know what I mean? It is what it is. Uh, until then, tell a friend to tell a friend. And even an enemy. To get in the conversation. We out.